Hi, welcome to Race House with me, Joe Lee. And me, Darren Reeves. It is the Japanese Grand Prix preview. It's going to happen um, next, and we are talking everything Suzuka. Um, Japan, oh, wow, such a beautiful place. I've always wanted to go. I've yet to go. Darren, tell us about Suzuka. Well, I've wanted to go to Suzuka. I've been to Japan, worked there lots, talked about it last time, but never actually been to the track. But I am the person that since 1986 has got up in the middle of the night every year, COVID accepted, uh, exception. Uh, so I love it, mate. And it's getting up and feeling really sleepy, you know, five minutes before the race starts, you know, just to make sure you've got enough sleep. You, you sort of come into it in a little dreamy world. So for me... Suzuka, Japan has this dream effect. So then going there and experiencing the culture back in 2019 in Tokyo and Osaka. Wow, what an amazing place, mate. The food, mm. the people, the politeness, the courtesy, the etiquette. The, the It's so, oh, I've got a hair on my microphone, mate. The cleanness, everything about it. So to, to experience mm. Japan and to experience that at Suzuka, uh, with what, one of the most favourite tracks for drivers ever, you know, and and so why, much history. Why is it the favourite? I know this. Drivers go on about Suzuka. It's usually up there in their top three tracks. What makes Suzuka so special? Well, I think it's got everything. So it's got some real similarities with uh, Silverstone. So it's got some really fast, long straights. It's got some fast corners, but it's also got some left and right slow corners, uh, medium speed. It's got everything. It's got a uh, 180 degree hairpin. It's it's got uh, a chicane as the last at the last corner before the the main straight. It, it's just got everything a driver wants, all thrown into one and a half minutes. And also there's a lot of history as well with Suzuka that comes with it. Some some tragic as well. Well, I, I'd i say my, my first early memory of late 80s of races in Japan, early morning, were the, um, the constructors' champion, sorry, the uh, drivers' championship deciders between Senna and Frost. So uh, in 1989, they basically hit each other on the last chicane, all right? And... Uh, Prost was out, Senna went on to win the race, uh, but was then disqualified to allow Al Alessandro Nanini his first win, let me get this right, um, which meant Prost won the championship. Following year, first corner, Senna's on pole, bang, they, uh, they, they take each other out again. All right, which uh, I think meant Senna won the championship. And it's always been quite controversial. So mega, mega exciting between those two. And Japan is where you'll always remember those memories. Um, and then in 2014 was the really sad event of under a safety car. Or I think it could be yellow flags, actually. I, I, I'm not sure. Um, Jules Bianchi went off in a really rain-affected um, Grand Prix when one of the recovery vehicles was recovering another car on the Degna curve and and he went straight into the back of it and sustained head injuries which never ever regained consciousness and sadly passed away nine months later so uh, you know they did everything they could for him and of course Jules Bianchi is uh, quite famously known as Charles Leclerc's godfather so I think mm. part of the Jules Bianchi story is the Charles Leclerc story I think Leclerc and other drivers will be paying their respects uh, certainly for that. And um, for sure. it's, a, it's a reminder that 
Formula One is a very, very dangerous sport. Now, it's less dangerous than it was, certainly, because, you know, in the 50s and 60s, uh, you know, in a, every race, there'd be another fatality, it seemed. Yeah. Um, and pioneers like Sir Jackie Stewart um, and uh, and Senna, actually, really campaigned to, to bring driver safety to the forefront. Um, and it was actually, I think Senna had a meeting that the morning of, his fatal crash yes to say that no we want a driver's um uh, association again um so we can discuss safety and we can improve things um and you know irony uh that he, he died uh that day yeah. after uh roland the, the day before but um yeah so suzuka yeah uh, that that's certainly something to, to ponder um but very fast very exciting track there have been some changes as well, and one of the notable changes that um, Sebast Sebastian Vettel was back, not yep. driving, <laughs> but he will be at turn two <laughs> uh, with his bees. So I don't know if uh, everyone's seen this, but um, uh, obviously Vettel is a big um, light on sustainability. He shines a light on that. And I think it's one of the reasons why he kind of maybe moved away from the sport um, and uh, he started to drive himself between races. I know in Europe, certainly, where you can do that. Um, but he has actually installed um, tons of beehives on turn two. And bees are great because they go and pollinate other flowers and then it's kind of a cyclical um, part of the ecosystem. And bees, we really you know, rely on bees. Just look at Clarkson's farm. He'll tell you everything you need to know about bees. Um, so it's great to see Vettel there with the drivers. Um, and they were out to support with a big photo, uh, except for Sainz and the Haas team. So, um, Haas, we want to see you there uh, doing your uh, diversity yeah, th bit. They need to be. Um, and... They they need to be yeah I mean I, I, they've probably got more to focus on to be fair but um, yeah you can make the picture boys come on yeah you well can, you can do I, that I, um, talk I know I know, mate, I know Vettel uh, you know obviously he retired last season uh, and uh, said he wanted to spend more time at home he's been at lots of the races this season and for great yes. reasons <laughs> as well <laughs> you know so clearly he's still missing. The, uh, missing it and wanting to be there. Um, doing the sustainability uh, thing is fantastic to have somebody leading that within Formula One because uh, doing the net zero by 2030, being able to bring more than just thinking about fuel consumption and air pollution, we need to be repairing everything as well. So I think what he's bringing to the party right now is is fantastic. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in a car at some point again, maybe as... Uh, you wow. know, in the way Lawson has mm. come in for Ricardo or something, um, you know, I don't know if he'll get a race seat for another season, but I wouldn't be surprised one day we see him back in a car. I think he was asked recently, and he said, "Well, you know, never say never again." Mm. You know, it's um, that kind of uh, uh, thing because you, look, look at louder. Yeah, he said, "No, I'm done." Then he came back. Look at Schumacher. No, I'm done. Then he came back. You know, Alonso, so... Raikkonen. They've they've all done it, and they're they're all great oh, yeah. drivers as well. The great ones, you know. I don't think you lose it, you know. And even physically, we think Nigel Mansell won his championship when he was 39, you know. And what, what's Vettel now? 36, 37. Wow. So, yeah, there's plenty of plenty of time. Well, I think it's, yeah, yeah. If Alonso and Hamilton are still going, certainly, I think there's a bit of time. But um. Yeah, maybe it's one of those cases. Look, they've got plenty of reserve drivers now. It's not like, I think back in the day, they were called back a legend and said, look, can you drop in? Who did that? There was someone who did that. Who came back for one or two races. How long ago, oh, Joe? I can't remember now. 
oh, I think it was a couple of years ago. Okay, we'll, oh, look we'll have if to look you know, into that. Then please let us know in the comments. Um, Excellent. And we'll join your comments, by the way. So please, please do that. Um, talking to the drivers, uh, coming back, what about drivers staying? So um, Oscar Piastri um, has extended his contract to 2026 with McLaren. Obviously, they see a bright future with him, Darren. Well, I think it's quite clear now that we've seen an absolute star launch onto the 2023 season at McLaren and really showing Norris, taking Norris to the edge, pushing Norris even more. Of course, as Brits, we want to see Norris be a world, future world champion. Uh, but uh, I think also last week, I think Piastri could have been one of the drivers of the day. I hadn't realised until later, till after our podcast, that he went from 17th to 7th which is one of the biggest movers across mm. the whole grid. And he didn't have the McLaren upgrades that Lando had last, last week. He is going to have them in Japan. So I think we've got to watch Piastri this weekend. I think he's a fantastic addition to Formula One. Gutted that Ricardo lost his seat to, uh, to a fellow Oz. But, I, listen, I, th I think he's brilliant. And he's quite understated as well at the moment when, you know, when you, he's not quite media ready yet. You know, he's a little bit green with it all. So it'd be interesting to see how he grows and to see if actually he can get his maiden victory before Lando. I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting. You've got the Aussies, the Kiwis with Liam Lawson in. And, you know, look at AlphaTauri. A lot of talk about this at the moment. Sonoda, Ricardo, Lawson. I think it would be real injustice if Liam Lawson doesn't get an F1 seat. Yeah. And surely you've got teams like Williams and Haas who are saying, well, we'll have you and you can be our driver because he's got so much potential. Um, and those teams, they can compete against AlphaTauri. So, um I think there's certainly inroads there. I would, I mean, I love the idea of him staying in the Red Bull family. I think he'd be a good fit with Max. I, I think that could be something. Is it too early? Perhaps. But he's shown he can go straight in at the deep end. And I, I think it's a coin toss. You know, they're saying that Yuki and Daniel will stay for next year. You know, and apparently Yuki's contract is going to be renewed at Suzuka this weekend. Okay. Um, and there'd been an announcement, I've heard. But um, is Ricardo going to join? I don't know. I really want Liam in the season next year. He's like a piastri. He, he's, yeah. um, this guy's coming from down under. They're taking all our seats, but, all our jobs. <laughs> but, you know, um, De Vries went into the Williams for one race last season and had a great race. And then, of course, going into the AlphaTauri really struggled. It's very difficult to know just within two or three races. Daniel has years and years and years of, of success and history, especially with Red Bull. Um, but I, th I, I think that it, those AlphaTauri seats, my instinct is probably we'll see Ricardo and Sonoda in there next season. I'd mm, love to mm. see Lawson in the other Williams. Um, I, I was really pleased Logan Sargent managed to get into Formula One because he was struggling to get the super license points last season that he needed to get that drive. He, ma he managed it, but it's just, he's just not had the rub of the green really uh, yet. And there's still time mm. to get some points in there. But Albon, of course, has shown his experience and led that team uh, through this season into a lot of Q3 uh, top 10 starts. You know, so so I, I, mm. I think Lawson would be a great shot. And, and I know that Williams have looked at him, been looking at him anyway, 
uh, over the last few years and considering him. But, you know, I look at Lawson, but I still see Drogovic as well there, you know, as the Ferrari number three driver who won F2. Uh, you know, mm. he needs to be driving as Mick well. Mick Schumacher is still around. Mitch, yes, he mm. is. He's, he's there. Uh, so, and, and, I, and I don't see, I think Mick Schumacher is waiting for Hamilton to retire and I don't see that happening in the next three or four years. I've got to be honest. I think the fitness of these mm. guys compared to 20, 30 years ago is another level. So age is a less of a factor than it was. So, so I can see Hamilton racing into his mid-40s easily if he, if he still has the hunger. So it's difficult. We need another two teams. That's what we need. We need four more seats. Come on, high-tech. You know, come on, Andretti. We need you in <laughs> Formula One. Yeah, that would solve the problem. A couple more teams. The paddock is going to be very, very busy then. Um, it, it's already uh, crazy busy now. But um, yeah, that would solve the problem. And there are drivers there, really good drivers, who are able to fill that. But everyone's about results. Logan Sargent, yes, it's great to see new faces coming in. But if he's just going to keep crashing the car, he's not going to have any, you know, any points, get Liam in there. You yeah. know, L Liam and Albon... Uh, what an amazing team that would be. I, th I, th I think um, it would be really I important. Think be pretty quick. And, and, and uh, Aston Martin have shown us this season, you know, that if they had two drivers consistently scoring points, they would be second in the championship. And now, you know, being fourth, I'm just looking here, and, and you know, and 60, 60, 72 points behind Mercedes now, they're not going to make that up with the fact that, Mercedes and Ferrari and McLaren, the upgrades on those cars over the last seven or eight races has been astounding. And to get to this point in the season, knowing you're not going to win the Constructors' Championship or the Drivers' Championship, I would have expected them to be putting all their efforts into 2024. But they're all bringing upgrades right now all the time. And the, I think we are seeing a little bit of a sea change here. I know... We all watched Singapore last week and just felt it was a one-off and Red Bull just had a bad weekend, bad track. I think we're seeing Ferrari, Mercedes and McLaren really take a big leap forward. I think it's all open this weekend. If it's a dry race, for Red Bull should be there one and two, of course, but they should be there every weekend, one and two, we've said. But if we're going to have a little bit of rain and in Japan, rain affects so much last year we had a massive delay so it was over three hours the race three hours one minute it was and uh you know we were there getting up early in the morning then sat waiting and waiting another cup of coffee i had two cups of you know but um so we could see wet weather we could see another zandvoort weekend where the weather is totally changeable yes. and that's we love it we absolutely love it so i wouldn't i, I know carnage it, yeah, Carnage. exactly. That's what we need. And uh, yeah, Japan is the place to get. If, you want, if you're going to get rain, you get it in bucket loads out there. Yeah, we can't discount the, the Red Bulls. Um, obviously, phenomenal season so far. Um, it depends on the car. I think the car let Max down. Um, and yeah, it was just very bad form. And, you know, it doesn't help humid, the, the heat. It, maybe that affects them too. It affected everybody. But yeah, look, they've now maybe acclimatised the, the time differences and things. Uh, do you reckon they're staying on UK time, European time for Japan? No, they definitely won't. So the reason they stayed on UK time in Singapore is because it was a night race. 
So essentially their working hours were just standard European times. But now in Japan, mm. it's a lunchtime race. So they've mm. got to be up, you know, seven or eight hours earlier, you know, before race time, up mm. early into the track, as you know, for seven, eight o'clock, race at one, two o'clock, whatever it is. Um, so, so they will definitely acclimatise now to Japanese time as soon as they will have got there. So the drivers will have got there Monday or Tuesday, had three days before getting in the car. The teams, obviously, they have to work a lot longer hours, but they will all be on Japanese time and then have two weeks to get back to Middle Eastern time for Qatar in two weeks' time. Yeah, it's um, it's brutal, the jet lag. Um, and when we've worked there, we've kind of done... Um, leapfrog so it's like I'll do a race and then you've done a race um, and so it hasn't been too bad and, and Europe isn't too bad because you're pretty much on the same well you are on the same time um, for for most of that period but yeah but then when you have to dart off to Miami or yeah. dart off to Canada and I mean it's oh there's people and I saw Vegas you know you think Vegas then doing Abu Dhabi yeah, at the week after, I think it is. That's I a mean, massive, that's be... massive leap. Joe, my, like, I, I've been lucky enough to travel around the world 20, 30 times with my job as a musician. You know, you, you two, you know, we do it all. Uh, but what I find is when I fly from the UK to America, then you just stay up, stay up, stay up until you're totally exhausted. So by the next day, you've pretty much got there. But when I fly back the other way or from the UK across to the Middle East, or the Far East, oh man, that kills me because you basically lose a day. You have, you know, you've slept, but it's all out mm. of sleep. I really, it takes me three days to acclimatize if I go in that direction. When I go to America, mm. it's fine. Coming back, shocking. So the guys, though, mm. they are used to doing this. Their bodies are completely messed up. Most people, uh, 99% of the population, you know, they will commute to work. Uh, maybe an hour, uh, most of the time, every day, they have a routine. These Formula One guys, they have a routine. It's just very, very different. Uh, and if you jump mm. from one to the other, it's a killer. And, uh, you know, but they, they, they've yeah. got, you know, they've got private jets, mate, to sleep on. I've got zero tolerance, <laughs> zero sympathy <laughs> with them whatsoever. Yeah, private jets and uh, all the accoutrements. And literally after the race, I mean, like, that's it, boom, they're gone. Because the quicker you can get somewhere, the quicker you can acclimatise. Um, but add into that heat as well. Plus, they have a lot of commitments. They've got a lot of media commitments. They've got sponsor commitments. Um, and, you know, it's a full-on week. Yeah. So the media day, which is on Thursdays usually, um, yeah, that, that, that's full-on for them. So they need to kind of get back with it. Um, but, yeah, look, come back to racing. Red Bull, let's keep an eye on them. Definitely, you can't discount them. They are they are ready to do that. Can Max win the championship if he wins Japan? Joe, I've got to be totally honest with you. Looking at the maths of it, what have we got now? Seven races left, is it? Uh, and looking at it, so seven races, 175 points. So that would take him to 399. He could get to 400. Uh, if Perez doesn't finish and Max wins with fastest lap then yes, he can. So it needs to go his way. Yeah. So it needs to go his way. We'll yeah. put a maybe just as a disclaimer. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, it could happen. But um, it could be, I mean, 
you mentioned if Perez was to <laughs> to win, I can't believe. I don't think it would. I think Max has got the championship in the bag. But um, yeah. what you were saying earlier about Mercedes, um, McLaren, and Ferrari really stepping up yeah. um, this second half of the season, I I really can't wait already for next season because they are if they keep this on a roll. We could have a really, really amazing season next year. I, I, I do agree with you, but it, it's difficult to jump ahead too far because, you know, Red Bull were really dominant last season. You know, Max really won that championship, won it in Japan, in fact, last year. Uh, and then Russell, you know, the, the, the Mercedes really leaped those last few races and won in Brazil. And then nothing happened again. So that trajectory for Mercedes was happening mm. And then it all just fell back again with a dog of a car at the start of this season. So I, mm. I, I feel, though, 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 though I, I feel really, really hopeful that we will see multiple winners for the rest of this season because that is what draws people in. You know, if we're watching Max win every... We mm. are going to watch history. We have watched history now with 10 race wins in a season. Red Bull aren't going to win every race this season, so history won't be made there. So now... I think we're just having some fun. Max is going to sew it up whether Perez doesn't, you know, wins every uh, every race. Max will not mm. finish, you know, off the podium for at least two or three and then it's job done. That's all he needs. So I think we're going to go out and everybody's going to have a bit of fun. There's no pressure on anybody other than who's going to win second place in the Constructors' Championship. We're just going out. We're just going to have a little drive. Just going to yeah. have a bit of fun. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah but I think not, there will you know, be that mentality because the pressure... The pressure is off. You know, I, I, I think the people that have really got to watch their backs actually is Aston Martin because of McLaren coming up fast behind them. Even though they're about mm. 80 points behind, that could disappear very, very quickly uh, with two drivers fighting for podiums as opposed to Alonso now, which seems to be possibly the fifth fastest team right now. And therefore, you're fighting for ninth and tenth suddenly from having podiums Look, at the start of the year there's that ongoing story about lance stroll obviously look i, yep. I can't see him actually leaving <laughs> mate <laughs> you I, know i, I can't either why would he it's madness you know that's the thing you get one where else would he go what i i, I don't no. get it i mean he's i think he's sheltered for obvious reasons but you know he needs to crack on. I mean, people, again, like Liam, Albon, they could go into that seat and they yeah. could really have fun with it because there's that hunger. So, so I, you know, I, I don't want to be unfair to Lance because obviously he's there. He's still in the pack. But, you know, it didn't help that he wasn't there at Singapore. No, normally, Let's when see there's how, a, what happens at Japan. Yeah, when there's a board of directors who are making collective decisions, you know, you could sit there and have a vote. Lawrence Stroll, Lance's dad, owns the whole thing and he can do what he wants. And if he wants his son in that car for the next 10 years, he will put his son in that car for the next 10 years. And I, you know, they've always believed if we can put Lance in our team, we can win the world championship. And the difficult mm. thing is, is Lance needs a driver next to him who's not going to outshine him. Now, that, that's not yeah, going to happen. Yeah, but I would disagree with that. I disagree with that because I think the strategy, well, yeah, I think the strategy they've had is let's put him next to a former world champion. 
and he's going to learn everything and then he'll become a world champion himself. So we yeah. saw that with Vettel, Alonso, I mean, I don't know who else could go in there. You know, maybe they'll Hamilton one day. Just, I don't think that would happen. But, um, you know, it's that kind of thing. Well, there you go, Lance. I mean, have you learned enough from these two world champions? Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, your turn now. Yeah. It's just not there. And if the cars are the same, then what's the difference? What's the driving style? Alonso's a very aggressive driver. He really chucks that into it, the corners. Um, Lance needs to, to really emulate that and, and create a driving style that's going to help him get up there midfield, minimum. But he's he's got a lot of experience now. And when he was at Williams, I always felt he... he he, he was as good a driver as anybody. The difficult thing is now there's more pressure on him. He's got mm. world champions next to him, which exposes any weaknesses he has. And a car that, if Red, I suppose they look at it and go, if Red Bull can do it, we can do it. It's just a matter of time. And to be honest, Aston Martin have exceeded expectation this year with their whatever their five-year, six-year plan is. You know, and mind you, Alpine had a hundred race plan, didn't they? And that got scrapped. Um, th- th- you know, I think that is Lawrence Stroll's absolute number one task here is I will make my son world champion and he will do whatever he has to do to make that happen. So, uh, mm. but as, as, as fans, it's difficult to watch. You know, because we we would love mm. Lawrence Stroll to make Alonso another world champion right now. We would we would absolutely love that for next season. But I do believe well, if maybe Red Alonso, Bull yeah, can. sorry, maybe, maybe Alonso yeah. will get a third place. You don't know. I mean, um, what a great season he's had mm. as well. And um, yeah, and and Vettel's probably <laughs> hanging around because like, how come that didn't happen with me? Uh, but um, but there we go. Um, so look, we're going to keep our eyes peeled for the Aston Martin performance, but also everyone's performance for the Japanese Grand Prix. Um, enjoy it, watch it, get up early, stay up late if you're in the US, and. Um, yeah, it's going to be a good one. So check us out for the Japanese Grand Prix review, which we'll do after the race. Please uh, like and subscribe and all that jazz. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and a host of others as well. And visit the merch shop, racehouse.cc, um, for lots of really cool caps and shirts and bottles and all sorts of stuff. We'll see you again for the Japanese uh, review. But from now, it's uh, goodbye from me and from Darren. Look forward to seeing you on Sunday, Joe. Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye.